Welcome, everybody. Today, it's time again for the Immigration Hour. This is your host, Charles Cook. It's great to be with you. Um, you know, uh, today's Tuesday, uh, July 23rd, and of course, there are more changes in immigration law, more things happening, uh, but it's not stuff that we did not see coming, and that that's what's probably the most important part about this whole thingamajig uh, with Trump. Uh, we knew two years ago what they were going to go after, um, and we knew um, uh, what what they were really looking for, and uh, why they wanted to what they wanted to change. There should be nothing happening today that those of us in the advocacy and representation community are surprised at. None. There should be none because we know exactly. Uh, what uh, what they're looking for. We, we know exactly what they want to change. And they finally got to implementing nationwide interior and the border expedited removal. Uh, I, I really hope that nobody was surprised by this action uh, because the reality was it's, it's not surprising. Uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is something that... Um, we clearly understood was going to be uh, part of the uh, um, part of the Trump administration plan uh, to uh, go after immigrants and immigration, and um, you know because because we knew that because we knew that was going to be happening, uh, it was just a question of time. I think what it caught it by surprise is uh, we just didn't know uh, that they were actually like right now. Hey, there's there was they they were able to keep tap on the rumor, the rumor machine, uh, to, uh, to really tamp down uh, what they were going to, what they were, what they were doing. And um, because they were able to tamp that down, it, I think it caught some people by surprise. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, again, I wasn't surprised because I wrote about this a couple of years ago. We're going to get into that. Uh, but let's take a first look at the new proposed regulation. Now, first of all, uh, it's 18 pages long. Uh, and uh, they spend the first lot of pages, uh, but I think the, almost virtually the whole, the whole 18 pages are really spent uh, justifying uh, why, they, uh, you know, why they're enacting this particular piece of legislation um, and making it uh, immediately available, I mean, immediately effective. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's take a look at that in a little bit of detail here. Um, as we as we analyze this uh, now, first of all, um, with this is published today in the Federal Register, uh, we there is a 30-day comment period uh, because they're they're treating this as an interim final rule, and uh, they they and these of course they're online. We need to we need to comment the heck out of this, uh, so that when you get sued uh, and they will get sued, we can show that they're literally ignoring uh, uh, the comments of the public. Um, now, uh, what they say here is requesting um, public comment. Uh, however, uh, this is funny. However, DHS believes that maintaining a dialogue with interested parties, DHS can assure that it is even more effective in addressing the significant national security and public safety interests implicated with respect to aliens present in the United States who enter without admission or parole and have continually present for at least 14 days but less than two years after entry regardless of where they entered the United States. Blah, 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 blah. We encourage commentators, commenters, commentators, this is a professional guys, commenters, submit comments to the e-portal. Uh, and you can go on and see everybody's comments, by the way. Uh, now, let's start with the basics. 
it's quite clear, uh, quite clear that there is statutory authority for this. Uh, you'll find this in Section 235B1 of the Immigration Nationality Act, or 8 U.S.C. 1225B1. Um, it says, DHS may remove, without a hearing before an IJ, certain aliens arriving in the U.S. at a port of entry and certain other aliens, as designated by the DHS secretary, um, and who discuss, who are inadmissible under Sections 212A6, which is uh, misrepresentation and fraud, and uh, 212A7, not having a valid work authorization or employment visa, uh, as aliens inadmissible uh, to the United States. Um, now, the secretary, and it goes on, the secretary in his, quote, sole and unreviewable discretion may designate certain aliens whom the expedited removal procedures may be applied to. The statute provides that the secretary may apply by designation expedited removal to any alien who has not been admitted or paroled into the United States and who has not affirmatively shown to the satisfaction of an, IG, of an immigration officer, low-level guys, uh, that they have not been physically present in the U.S. for a two-year period immediately prior to the date of determination of admissibility. So whenever they're caught. Um, now, uh, this, is, uh, this has been the law as signed by Bill Clinton only in 1996. And I will tell you, I was practicing in 96. I wrote a lot of the comments uh, for ALA back in the day on this particular issue. And we knew back then this would be a nightmare to enforce. Now, this is the difference between 1996 and 2019. In 1996, a large chunk, perhaps a couple of million people, were subject to this provision if it was carried out. If they really made it for two years in 1996, a couple of million people. And if you look at the, the way immigra illegal immigration ran over the next five to seven years, you would see that it would have affected millions of people over that period of time. Today, the number is probably closer to 300,000, maybe a million, depending on how you what you think about visa overstays, if those numbers are accurate. I don't think they really are. But uh, we know that the number of people that have gotten into the interior past the Border Patrol over the last two years is relatively minimal in the context of the overall numbers. Uh, so maybe three to 500,000. I can't believe it's a million. but So that's who it would affect, except that how this comes into effect is the key. Um, so initially when they said, hey, we're not going to do this, we're not going to expedite it beyond two years, uh, and they didn't do it initially, um, e even after 9-11, uh, because it was, it, the numbers were so massive, there was simply no way to detain them. There was really no way to enforce it. It just, it just wasn't an effective tool uh, because it's, it's like saying everybody's undocumented. You're all, you, all, you all speed, so you're all under arrest. How, how are you going to enforce that? I mean, it's just, you know, you, 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 you select speeders, you select the worst people, you can set speed traps for, uh, you know, a day or two, but you don't force it against everybody. And they just realized they, they literally couldn't do it. Um, and uh, what's interesting here in this particular rate, as, as they go through the comment period, on page six, they say this, in recent years, I think presuming the Trump years, Increasing numbers of aliens have been detained after being apprehended within the interior of the United States 
uh, necessitating a change in focus of limited government resources to include the use of insectified removal for aliens apprehended within the U.S. So what they're saying is this. Because we are detaining more people and not bonding them out, we need ER to remove them faster to detain them less. Alternatively, you could just bond people uh, who are in detention and then you wouldn't have so many people detained and you wouldn't need to do ER. But wait a second, that's, I'm using logic. I've got to stop using logic as applied to these rules. Um, now, here, here's, so that's, that's their justification. It's literally one paragraph. In recent years, increasing numbers of aliens have been detained after being apprehended within the interior of the United States because we used to bond these people out or we didn't used to detain them because they were such low risk, they were meaningless. Uh, necessity to change in the focus of limited government resources to include use of expedited removal. Here's the thing, though. If you detain somebody in Iowa, you don't put them on a bus the same day. You have to detain them. Uh, you still got to get permission to deport them. You still got to go. So they're still going to be detained. I mean, they're, they're essentially, I mean, that's so what they're saying here is essentially a lie. I know it's shocking. Essentially a lie because whether you have a final order from a judge or they have an, e, an expedited removal final order, there's still a period of time that it takes ICE to remove people. This is not ER at, the, at an airport where you literally put them on the same airline, you charge the airline and send them back, and they're gone. That's not, I mean, that's the key difference here between these two. So here's what they said here. Um, Aliens otherwise subject to ER who indicate either an intention to apply for asylum or a fear of persecution or torture will be given further review by an asylum officer, including an opportunity to establish credible fear. That's the new credible fear, which you can't establish, which appears to be a higher standard than actually getting asylum. Yes, that, that credible fear. Um, aliens who have not been admitted or paroled and who are subject to ER have the burden of proving they are not inadmissible. So the argument here is that if you are a visa overstay, you are not subject to expedited removal. You are not subject to expedited removal if you are a visa overstay or you have been paroled into the United States. It's a big reason why guys on TPS should go out and get their parole because then they can't be ER'd. Uh, big deal. A big deal. Um, any uh, Aliens who have not been in any absence from the United States serves to break the period of continuous physical presence. Aliens determined by an immigration order to be subject to ER nonetheless will receive prompt review of the determination if they claim under oath, after being warned of the penalty for perjury, that they have been admitted for permanent residence, admitted a refugee, granted asylum, or a U.S. citizen. So if you say you're a U.S. citizen, we're going to fine you. We're going we're to threaten you to further get you to cave. Is Everybody listening to this who thinks um, uh, that, um, uh, that ICE will detain U.S. citizens under this, raise your hand. But you're all raising your hands. How is that possible? ICE really detained you? Of course, ICE. This is why we don't trust ICE with this kind of power. Um, further, this, this, the, the notes goes on. In light of the ongoing crisis at the southern border, where they're catching people, where people are turning themselves in, so that would not be a justification for ER, comma, 
the large number of aliens who entered illegally and were operating and detained within the interior of the United States, generally, you know, average person here, I've been here for 15 to 20 years, so that's not a basis. DHS is issuing a new designation to use more effectively efficient use limited resources, which means all you got to do is now you got you're going to burden asylum officers with more credible fear because everybody's going to claim credible fear. They're all going to claim it. I mean, absolutely. So here's what they say: fully implementing expedited removal. When they say fully, what they really mean is we're we're going beyond what we've been doing for the last 25 years because it currently suits our purposes. Even though every other prior administration thought it was a stupid idea, um, uh, will alleviate some of the burden, some of the burden and capacity issues currently faced by DHS and DOJ. By allowing DOS, DHS to remove certain aliens encountered in an interior more quickly as opposed to placing them in the time-consuming and due process-using removal proceedings. I, you know, I love commenting on these regulations because it is just stunningly lowbrow on how ICE and really DHS and this kind of DOJ are trying to push this forward, trying to sell this. But when you look at the facts and the underlying rules, you get a much deeper impression of what they're really trying to do here. Uh, so here's what they say. In fiscal year 2018, 20,000 of ICE's 55,000 interior encounters um, were entry, with entry dates were of aliens who had been present in the U.S. for less than two years. Now, that's an interesting statistic, which I don't believe for a second. I don't believe it for a second. But you're still only talking 20,000 people. And you're thinking ICE only got 54,000 people in interior encounters? How, how was that possible? Um, through March 2019, 40%, 6,000 of ICE's 15,000 interior encounters with entry dates uh, were aliens who have been present for less than two years. That's 6,000 people. Okay. But my question, they only have 15,000 interior encounters with entry dates? And you think they're, they're actually going to hold people that don't have entry dates? Of course they're going to hold them and, and do this. They're going to force everybody to show me your papers. Let's see what you got. People have to carry around their documentation. We'll get into that in the next segment. ICE estimates that a significant number of aliens in encounters in the interior likely would have been eligible for expedited removal had DHS used its discretion to exercise And that's also not true because it appears with these numbers because they don't make sense in the context of the larger undocumented population that these targeted enforcement activities were against recent arrivals. They weren't just randomly walking on the street saying, show me your papers. They targeted people. That's why these numbers are so low. I mean, 20,000, 9,000? Those are targeted numbers. These numbers are misrepresentative of the overall numbers of removals. When you're saying, hey, we removed 250,000 people last year and only 20,000 were this, then, then it's not significant at all. It's, it's what, what's the word? Insignificant. I think is the actual word that we're looking for here. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about this more in a second. Because I think a deep dive of their justifications points out 
um, how there is no real justification to make this happen. We'll be right back on the Immigration Hour. Back. Um, I know for you it's no break at all because I don't put really breaks in here, but for me it's a break. Um, and I got to drown some water and make sure that uh, the Immigration Hour is running smoothly. Again, I'm your host, Chuck Cook, um, here at Cook Baxter Immigration. We're excited, you know, to, to help people understand this craziness. It's really important to, to, to understand why this craziness is going on. All right. So we, we talked about the lies and the numbers. Um, we talked about there's no real justification to do this other than to scare people. Now, if that's your justification, well, that's working. Just like last weekend, as the New York Times reported, they scared the entire country. People didn't go to work. People didn't go to church. People didn't go to school. And they, they were targeting only 2,000 people. And they arrested 35 in the entire United States. So terror was the reason behind the, quote, redadas, the raids. Same is true here. The numbers are insignificant in the greater context of removals and ICE encounters. But it's meant to terrorize, it's meant to scare, it's meant to cause fear among the population, of all immigrant population. Um, now, in addition, another reason they gave here was the Secretary of Homeland Security has determined that implementation of additional resources is a necessary response to the current ongoing immigration crisis where they're actually detaining people at the border who are turning themselves in. Again, not a valid basis. Presently, Border Patrol and ICE lack sufficient detention capacity and resources to detain the vast majority of aliens. DA sets a principle. Well, then you put an ankle bracelet on them, which is far more cost-effective, far cheaper, and frankly, better for everybody involved. And if anybody showed up outside any local ICE office around the United States, you know what you would see every day of the week? People lined up to report at the ICE office. That's what they would see. That's the truth about what's happening. That's the reality about what's happening. Uh, it's not that people aren't showing up. Detaining them, again, is meant to cause people to give up on their claims, to despair, to terrorize, to cause fear. That's what's happening. That's how they're actually doing this. And why should the population of ICE's detention centers exceed that of the Bureau of Prisons? Why should that ever be the case? I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. So um, the new designation will allow ICE to place into ER certain aliens that cross the border illegally but evade apprehension requirements uh, due to vulnerabilities in border operations because we lack sufficient resources. I guess until you're a full police state and everybody's militarized, you're never going to satisfy the DHS. Um, now, is where it gets better. Additionally, immigration courts nationwide are experiencing historic backlog removal cases and non-detained cases are taking years to complete. True, but they were catching up under Obama but you stop doing that by changing the policies and making worse. So what they're saying is this. Our stupid decisions made the backlogs in courts longer. Therefore, we just want to skip the courts completely now. Put your arms or put your brain around that conundrum. Uh, 
Uh, this is this is bootstrapping. Is there a better word than this? Uh, is this gaslighting? Maybe that's gaslighting. This is absolutely crazy. Um, in June 2019, EOI reported a total of 909,000 pending immigration cases, not including the half a million of cases that are in administrative closure, which they want to reopen immediately and which they started doing until they realized what a stupid idea it was. By contrast, there were fewer than 168,000 cases pending at the end of fiscal year 2004 when DHS exercised the discretion to apply ER to certain aliens encountered within 100 miles of the border because, again, there was a different type of undocumented immigrant in 2004 than there is in 2019 because now they're virtually all eligible for cancellation of removal and have to go to immigration court. Um, <clears throat> the current number of pending immigration cases represents a f substantial increase of number of cases from 2014. Again, this is apples and oranges. That's what they're doing here. This is just stunning. Under this notice, the acting secretary, because we have no real secretary, is designating as eligible those people who, one, did not arrive by sea, who are encountered anywhere in the U.S. more than 100 miles from the border or land border, and who have been continuously present in the U.S. for less than two years, two, aliens who did not arrive by sea, who are encountered with an under miles international land border, and who have been continuously present in the United States for 14 days, but less than two years. The so, presumably... If you were admitted to the United States, you wouldn't be subject to this. The designation restricts ER to those encountered within 100 miles of the border currently, makes insufficient use of the authorities Congress has granted. Okay, clearly Congress, I don't think you can stop this based upon they're beyond the law. This is not like the asylum reg, um, which is completely illegal. This, this is legal. Now, whether it violates due process is another thing. Whether the statute violates due process, whole different ballgame. But it's legal in the context of that they have statutory authority to issue this particular regulation. Um, DHS has determined the volume of illegal entries and the attendant risks to national security and public safety presented by these, quote, illegal entries warrants the immediate implementation of DHS's full authority. Yeah, we talked about how those numbers are all skewed. They, they, they are literally using apples and oranges. Uh, they're not making numbers up, but they're using numbers in a way that manipulates the thought process um, that is bad. I mean, it's just bad. Um, so uh, they, they talked about... Um, um, Broad discretion to implement, blah, 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 which, which they, again, they do. They have broad discretion. Uh, they talk about the asylum process in their regulation. Uh, then they go to page 14. In keeping with the practice like followed in announcing the previous designations, uh, this is made with immediate effect and without prior notice. And they, they did a pretty good job of hiding this. There was no real murmurs out there like there have been for the elimination of parole in place. This is... Definitely, they kept this under their hat, uh, again, for the most maximum effect. Um, they said they're concerned that if delayed implementation could lead to a surge in migration across the southern border, 
uh, people could flee in before it took effect. You know, whatever. I mean, like, how else are they going to get through? Their borders are already completely full of people coming in. Um, now, pursuant, to, this is the notice of designation. Uh, pursuant to this, I order in my sole and unreviewable discretion. Wouldn't you love to have sole and unreviewable discretion? Wouldn't that be, it's like God. I am God. And I declare as follows. This is on page 16. Except as otherwise expressly provided, DHS may place in ER any and or all members of the following class of aliens other than unaccompanied alien children as determined by an immigration officer. One, aliens who are inadmissible under Section 212A6 or A7 of the Immigration Nationality Act, <clears throat> those that lie, misrepresent, or don't have valid documents, obviously number seven is the one they'll go after for interior enforcements, comma, that's one. Two, who are physically present in the United States without having been admitted or paroled following inspection by an immigration officer. So if you were admitted, if you have if you've been on a visa, this cannot apply to you. Okay, does not apply to you. But you'd have to have proof you are admitted. So you'd have to carry around your passport with your passport stamp in it, even from 25 years ago that say you were admitted to the United States. Um, three, or did not arrive at a port of entry uh, within 100 miles of the border and been here less than two years, but uh, at least 14 days. Each person placed in ER under this designation bears the affirmative burden. You carry the burden to show to the satisfaction of the random immigration officer who picks you up that you have been present in the U.S. for at least two years. This designation does not apply to aliens who arrive at a port of entry because those aliens are already subject to ER. So, I mean, so what you're applying now, you, ER that's already in effect is in effect. Uh, nor does it apply to those aliens who satisfy the ER criteria set forth in previous designations. Um, two, any alien who is placed in ER under this and indicates intention to apply for asylum has to go to credible fear. Uh, that's how the designation uh, worked. Uh, and it is um, uh, to show, to get, this, to get this exception, besides showing that you've been here for two years, um, you have to show this fear of persecution uh, that you happen to have. Uh, you've got to show your fear of persecution um, uh, with a credible fear interview. Uh, now, DHS may also exercise their discretion uh, to allow people to return voluntarily. Um, so they, they can do that. They can say, okay, we're not going to deport you, but they're not going to do that. Let's not kid ourselves. And the burden is on you as the foreign national to show two years. So um, how do you do this? I wrote a blog on February 3rd, 2017, which had 1.5 million reads, which is pretty cool, uh, called If You Are an Immigrant even a U.S. citizen, here are nine things you should know. I mean, so bottom line is this. If you are a naturalized U.S. citizen, you're a lawful permanent resident, you're a visa holder, or an undocumented immigrant, you need to take the following steps to protect yourselves, and I wrote, in our current version of America. Um, 
And so here's what you do. This was uh, one. If you're a naturalized citizen, particularly if you have a foreign accent, and you are traveling within 100 miles of the border, you better bring proof of your citizenship with you. Carry your passport. If you're an L- And that's true around the United States now. So this was around the border. Now it's around the United States. If you're a permanent resident, federal law, a lot of permanent residents don't know this. Federal law requires you to carry your green card with you at all times. That's 8 U.S.C. 1304E. You're required to carry that with you at all times. Um, now, here's what that says, by the way. Um, and we're going to say E says the following. Every alien, so every 18 years of age and over, shall at all times carry with him and have in his personal possession any certificate of alien registration or alien registration card receipt issued to him subject to certificates of, of alien registration, or you shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction be fined uh, $100 or imprisoned for 30 years, uh, or both. So there, there's that. You have, you have that with you. So as a permanent resident or uh, somebody who's on a visa, somebody who has a work permit, you're required to carry those with you at all times. You know, I don't want to carry. I might lose it. Too bad. You got to carry it now. Maybe you want to carry a copy of it because you know we don't live in 1940 anymore. ICE has the ability to see your card, go online, and verify it's real. So they they can do that. So maybe, but you got to carry something that shows who you are. Um, for those that have DACA, uh, U visas pending, EADs, visitors, students, H1Bs, you need to carry your employment card your I-94 card, your passport with an entry stamp, or other proof of law perf- lawful presence with you at all times. That's what you have to do now. You got to do that now. Undocumented immigrants in the U.S. for more than two years. You've got to keep with you at all times evidence that you've been president for two years. Why? Because Trump now made expedited removal in the interior, you're subject to that. Um, and I even wrote two years ago, we don't know when they're going to activate it, but they need to be prepared. So what you want to have is utility bills, receipts, Facebook posts, mail, or other documents with your name going back two years. Be careful using pay stubs if you use false documents or information to get your job because then, you, then you're gone as well because that's prosecutable. Again, you need to keep this information at home so it's accessible, someone can help you. Keep a photocopy at home, keep something in your pocket, keep it in your car, keep it in your purse, just in case you're stopped and, you, and for whatever reason, or you're arrested for driving uh, while Hispanic. And the ICE officers in jail say, how long have you been here? I've been here for two years. I can prove it. Well, it's in my documents in my purse. Go look at it. Um, now, if you've been in the U.S. for less than two years, the bad news is uh, you need to plan and put a plan in place that will help your family uh, when you get deported, because that's what's going to happen. You're not going to return home. Um, if you don't have that evidence of two years or you have been here less than two years, you're not getting out. You're not getting bonded out. You're, you are gone. Now, you might be detained for several weeks while that happens. Um, so they need to know how to find you on the undocumented detainee checklist, etc. cetera. Um, now, if, you, if you've been here longer than 10 years as an undocumented immigrant, you're eligible for cancellation of removal. You want to get that stuff in place as well. We have a whole show on cancellation of removal. Um, if you've got criminal records and you're not a citizen, you need to get that stuff taken out. 
If you're undocumented and have a prior removal order and you're picked up, you're gone. I mean, unless you want to look at reopening that case. Um, so these, this is all advice. You can check out my blog um, at um, immigration.net slash blog, or you can Google it at Musings on Immigration. Uh, that's where we keep that blog. We're going to take a quick break here uh, and come back and talk a little bit about the uh, the new asylum case. Um, uh, or let's call it the bond on asylum uh, that was reactivated by the Court of Appeals. We'll be back on just a second uh, on the Immigration Hour. Back to the Immigration Hour here. Uh, it's great to be with you again. Again, your host, Charles Cook, uh, talking immigration, doing some deep dives the last couple shows about the constantly changing nature of immigration law under the Trump administration. Uh, I've said many times before, it's going to take a generation to fix all this garbage. Uh, but I think when the Trump administration is through, whenever that happens to be, and we, we get back to some semblance of national pride uh, in our immigration heritage, I think it's actually going to be a little bit easier to fix immigration because what these guys are doing currently is implementing every bad idea that they've been stewing on for the last 30 years. We should do this. We should do that. This will make illegal immigration stop. This will fix that. This will. They've been implementing everything they can um, by policy and regulation to make immigrants unwelcome in America, which, of course, is bad long term for us. I mean, nobody with a brain thinks that's a good idea. But these brainless folks are going to be shown that their efforts, not only have they been uh, detrimental to the individuals involved, but they've been wildly harmful to America. Um, and we'll, we'll, we're going to see that. It's going to, you know, we, if Trump is president for five more years, you're going to see some bad stuff coming down. It's going to be brutal, but it'll make it easier to come in and say, look, that stuff didn't work. You know why that didn't work? Because they were really bad ideas. ER interior, what are we doing that for? Why don't we have a legal immigration system that works for people, that responds to employers, that brings the best and the brightest, that brings people to work in, in jobs we don't want to do? Why aren't we doing that? Um, why do we have undocumented people? Let's have a path to legality. Why do we let kids suffer in silence through not fixing their job? All of this stuff is going to be easier to fix. Regardless of the next president is, because it's not going to be Don Jr. for all you Trumpers that are listening, um, because we're going to see how none of this works. None of this works. And, and it's been obvious the last two years, half years, everything the Trump administration has done in immigration has made the situation worse, both for the individual and for the country. So uh, Matt, uh, a, a, the, the um, attorney general issued a case called Matter of MS, which uh, basically... Um, eviscerated the ability of people that are arriving uh, aliens to get bond, people that are seeking asylum to get bond. Um, uh, they said, oh, can't get bond. Sorry for you. Uh, uh, you're out of here. Well, the district court in that case, when it, when, it, when it went up to district court and got sued on it, because it's clearly illegal, district court uh, issued a comprehensive, powerful ruling uh, that said you've got to have a bond hearing within seven days if somebody passes credible fear. The burden's on the government to show they're, that they're, they are a flight risk or a danger to the community. Uh, there was a whole bunch of safeguards put into place. Uh, the, court, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, yes, that Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, lifted, that lifted that order 
uh, uh, a month or two ago. And uh, so we're playing this ping pong back and forth. And yesterday, on July 22nd, uh, I guess it was July 12th, they impo- they had a temporary stay of the court's order. Then the July 22nd, they uh, they put in place a, uh, a ruling uh, that says the government must continue to provide bond hearings to these arriving alien asylum seekers um, while the case is on appeal. Now, in, ho- in that holding, the district court enjoined the operation of, uh, of the AG's matter of MS decision, um, but they agreed to stay the timelines and procedural protection. So basically, asylum seekers are now on par with everybody else. They carry the burden of proof. There is no seven-day time frame in which to get them hearings. Um, they have to show they're not a flight risk or a danger to the community. Uh, so it'll be harder to get bonds, especially here in the South at a place like Stewart, where bonds are very, very difficult. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, um, I think uh, the, 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 the Court of Appeals will uh, find that matter of MS is illegal, not just unconstitutional, just illegal, uh, but may not reinstitute the safeguards, which I think may have gone a little overboard. I think the district court judge was just really pissed at the attorney general for what they did. Uh, so this, um, this order is now in place uh, throughout the United States. But apparently, I know my friend Marty Rhodes was imported on, imported, reported on Facebook this morning that apparently the judges in, uh, uh, in Stewart hadn't gotten the memo yet. Uh, and so they were denying bond to these people um, under, under the Padilla July 12th order. Um, and I went online and tried to, to find this order, and I, could, I couldn't find it. Uh, it's not posted online yet. I'm sure that'll be out before the end of the day. When you listen to this, you may even see the Padilla order. Um, so th- th- what's interesting, the Trump administration continues to issue policies, issue memos, uh, litigate uh, uh, fiercely for things like DACA um, and uh, against DACA, all to achieve their ultimate purpose, which is to eliminate immigration to America. That is the, I mean, it is the ultimate purpose. You know, thank God John Tanton died. There's probably a special place in Inferno for him, maybe one of, one of Dante's inner circles. Um, but uh, these folks are, are eugenicists. They're nativists. They're white nationalists. They're anti-immigrant, not anti-legal immigration. You get that a lot from people say, oh, I'm all for legal immigration. Uh, No, no, you're not if you support these guys because these guys aren't for legal immigration. They want no legal immigration. They want a moratorium on any immigration of any kind. And that includes my uh, my Senator David Perdue. He wants a moratorium on all immigration to America, so we can quote absorb the people uh, that we've that have come in in the last fifty years. I think we've done a heck of a job of absorbing them in the United States. I mean, I think as a country, I mean, prior to Trump, I think we were the envy of the world. People saw us and go, wow, how can we emulate what the U.S. has done? How can we continue to attract people who are willing to work hard jobs? How can we attract people who are willing to spend their brains over here? How can we attract people that will make their country great to keep our country great? Uh, And now the world's going, oh, my God, Trump's destroying everything. This is awful what he's doing over there. So I, 
you know, it's going to be interesting as we move forward uh, over the next little while. The Trump administration's clock is running on accomplishing all of their their wish list. I mean, you may remember when uh, Chris Kobach, uh, the failed gubernatorial candidate uh, and otherwise chief uh, anti-immigration litigant, uh, uh, went into the Trump um, uh, offices in uh, at, at the golf course and he carrying a piece of paper with him uh, intentionally, uh, which said, you know, all the things we should do to destroy immigration to America. And, uh, of course, took a picture of it. We could see what he wrote. There's like 14, 15 things that they are gradually implementing one by one by one to uh, eviscerate legal immigration. The Trump administration may only have 18, less than 18 months left. Uh, they may have five and a half years left. They're going to do everything possible to put all that stuff in place before then. It's been great having you all with me this week on the Immigration Hour. We'll be back next week with another show. Hopefully, we won't have another crazy regulation to talk about. We talk about some of the other interesting stuff going on. Uh, one last bit, I will let you know. Uh, here at Cook Baxter, we have opened a new South Georgia office uh, near the Irwin Detention Center, but close also to Folkestone and Stewart. Uh, and so we, uh, we have down there and have joined us Elizabeth Mathern as our senior uh, counsel. She'll be running and staffing that office in South Georgia. She lives down there. She's previously served for two years with the uh, Southern Poverty's Law Center, uh, South, uh, Southeast Immigrant um, uh, Initiative, the Sci-Fi Initiative, where she staffed that outside the Irwin Detention Center. Elizabeth has a decade of experience. She's a great lawyer, and we're super excited to have her, and we can help people from around the United States to visit their clients, to get documents signed, to go to court. Um, and uh, we're super excited about this. It's going to be a really, really terrific thing. Until next week, this is your host, uh, Chuck Cook, on the Immigration Hour. Uh, if you ever need to reach us, you can email me at chuck at immigration.net. Visit us at immigration.net. Check out the blog at immigration.net slash blog. You can see us on Facebook at Cook Baxter. You can follow me on Twitter. We're having some fun on Twitter these days at ccook, C-K-U-C-K. Until next week, you guys have a great week.